the Raising the Bar podcast, brought to you by the Association of Gray's Inn Students. Hello and welcome to the Raising the Bar podcast. I am Nia Marshall and today we are lucky to be joined by Rosanna Cothray-Stern. Today we will be having a chat and giving advice about how to prepare for the bar course. Thank you for joining and welcome Rosanna. Thanks so much for having me. Now, what best way to start than to introduce ourselves? So, Rosanna, you you are our guest today. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and explain what stage you're currently at in terms of qualifying and where you studied on the bar course. So I have just completed the bar course. I took it full time and I studied at University of Law at their London Bloomsbury campus. In terms of what stage I am requalification, uh, I obtained pupillage this year and that will be starting in September 2022. And in the meantime, I'm working as a paralegal, uh, working in the family department um, of a firm. My name is Nia Marshall, as I stated already, and I'm an international student uh, from Barbados. I am a national scholar, so that means I've been helpfully funded. My legal tuition has been funded by the government. I've just completed the bar course at the University of Law Leeds and I'm hoping to organise call to the bar later this year. I'm also, a fun fact about me, I'm also uh, the producer of a YouTube channel, Life Law BIM. So go ahead and check that out. Now, Rosanna, let's really jump into to why we're here today. Let's talk about the format of the bar course. So I think what you have to remember about this bar course is it's really quite short. It begins in September and it goes on to the beginning of May. So you're really only talking about eight months. It's a lot to pack in and it's very full on. At my university, they taught advocacy skills and the litigation modules side by side across both terms. You may know that there are eight modules in the bar course. Two of these are knowledge-based, so criminal litigation and civil litigation, and these together are worth uh, 50% of your overall grade. There are also six practical modules. Three are based on the criminal side of the course, and these are conference skills, examination-in-chief and cross-examination. And three are based on the civil side, and those are drafting, opinion writing and civil advocacy. I had four classes a week and these were mostly spread over just two days. Occasionally a third day was needed for timetabling purposes. And each week I was taught a class on criminal litigation, civil litigation, criminal advocacy and civil advocacy. At University of Law, uh, most of the exams are packed into the final month in April. Uh, But I also sat a conference exam in December and a drafting examination in February. Yeah, I'll add on to that. Uh, Obviously, like other universities, we do have a reading week or consolidation week. What we basically do is get our stuff together, ready to, to, to restart the course. So we do undertake all activities in that period. It, it really is a compact course. So it really isn't a, a time to, to relax within that part of the course. I did the bar course alongside the LLM, the pro bono LLM. So on top of the structure that Rosanna just outlined, I had to complete four compulsory schemes. And at my university, it comprised a legal advice clinic, street law, 
and the Yorkshire Tribunal Advocacy Project, along with an option. After you complete these schemes, you then have to draft a critical refle reflective report. It's not like the typical academic dissertation, but you do have to use academic theories on reflection and craft your reflection utilizing these theories. Now, Rosanna, we do know that this course was very challenging. It was indeed extremely challenging for me, but it would be interesting to know what specifically you found challenging about the course. Well, I really do think it is just the fact that everything happens so fast and there is basically no time between the end of the course and your exams um, to really sit back, consolidate and revise. So I think what's very challenging with the litigation modules is the amount of reading you have to do. And I think it's really important to keep on top of that throughout the year. You have these massive books that they give you at the start of the year, the White Book for Civil Litigation and Blackstones for Criminal Litigation. And they are absolutely massive. They're very daunting books. Fortunately, you don't need to know the whole thing, but there is a substantial amount you need to know. And you also need to know it in quite a lot of detail. Sometimes the answer, the, the answer can be the difference between a must or a may. The exams are multiple choice. You may think that makes it easier. But in my experience, it just means it gets very technical and they get very specific in the questions that they're asking to make sure that you really know your stuff. So I would say that one of the most important things for me to do throughout the year was to keep on top of that reading as I went through and make lots of detailed notes as I was going. And that meant right at the end of the year, I was able to quickly you know, condense those down to good revision notes. You'll find that with these books, they write it in legalese. It's not very easy to understand. I had all of my notes in plain English. So that may, meant it was a lot easier when it came to revision time to really get stuck in um, and utilise that very short period that you have at the end when you are quite possibly also uh, applying for pupillage and doing interviews at the same time uh, to maximise that so that you're ready for those exams. Agreed, Rosanna. I think time management is also a huge challenge because many of us will be juggling workshop preparation. Don't forget, you also have to juggle that with qualifying sessions with your in. Some people will be trying to manage mini pupillages as well, pro bono work and any other possible volunteer work and even pupillage applications. So time management was really a, a big challenge. Also, I agree with the retaining of the information as, as another challenge as well. You really need to, to start tabbing the white book as, as early as possible uh, because it is a substantial amount of information that we have to process. And thirdly, I think mental health, uh, your mental health possibly deteriorating is another challenge because the bar course goes at a very, very swift pace. <laughs> and sometimes you feel as though you have little to no breaks and it's, it's, it's very difficult. It, it can quickly feel as though it's consuming you. So for me, those were the main challenges um, while, while undertaking the course. And now that we are on challenges, I think we, it's, it's best for us to discuss how to mitigate these challenges, Rosanna. So I'll let you go first in terms of suggesting helpful tips on that. Uh, well, certainly, starting with the litigation modules, 
uh, you get given syllabuses at the beginning of the year. And like I say, it's a lot of information that you've got to know, but those syllabuses are your guide. You know that you can't be tested on anything outside of them, but you also know that anything that's contained within them is fair game. So my advice is to stick to those as you do your reading throughout the year and make sure that the reading that you cover each week matches up to what you need to know from the syllabus and that by the end of the year, you have covered everything. Um, I know some universities give you pretty detailed course material, which can assist with your reading. But I would say, and I think you probably agree, Nia, that it's just no substitute for reading the actual text. You really have to get to grips with the white book um, and Blackstones. Yeah. yeah. On that point, there are some helpful texts as well, but nothing nothing compares to getting to grips with the actual white book or the book used for, for criminal. Now, on that point, there is a book specifically by Gillian Woodworth, but huge disclaimer, whenever you are purchasing a book, just as Rosanna made reference to the syllabus, please, please do check that because the Bar Standards Board always updates the syllabus and that can happen in the middle of the school year. You should only be using these materials, uh, in my opinion, to assist with the jargon you know to help you get your head around it but as soon as you understand you should be referring to your main text which would be your white book and your black stones so that's the first point for me in terms of mitigating challenges you need to also make notes throughout the year so as I stated before annotate your white book early I'm telling you your future self will thank you tab it with helpful post-it notes. <laughs> I had all kinds of colours and I found that looking at something colourful motivated me. <laughs> Remember to email your tutors if you don't understand something because the way our universities taught, I mean in University of Law, sometimes we dealt with a particular topic in a workshop session. Because the syllabus is so vast, you wouldn't get an opportunity to go over that topic in detail like you did. So please, please do email your tutors if you don't understand something. And even if you still don't understand and you've waited to the revision period, do email them again because they will spend time in the revision lecture going over the aspect of what you don't understand. In terms of productivity, it helps me to create a motivational timetable. It recorded my productivity. I noted the time that I started and I ended and I also noted my daily objectives. I was also able to tick off what is done because as Rosanna was stating, there's a, there's a lot of information that you, you have to internalize and it can feel like you have this huge mountain that you need to overcome. But by ticking off what is done, you can also reflect on what has passed as well. In terms of tips for the LLM, if you're doing the pro bono LLM, make sure that you start recording notes on your feelings, start summarizing the case that you're working on as you go along throughout the year. This will definitely help when it comes to drafting the report. Now, we haven't mentioned the other two pathways of LLM, which would be the dissertation component and the optional modules, but 
as far as I know, on our year, the LLM Pro Bono was the only one that was really running simultaneously to the bar course. So you really had to, to manage your time effectively. The optional modules LLM will start at the end of the bar course. So you will have a little time to get yourself together to start that one. And the dissertation starts really and truly very, very late uh, in the bar at the end of the bar course. So once I think you've probably sat the majority of your exams, then you can really, really start to, to write up. I think we should also mention here about making notes and things is that some of the litigation um, exams are closed book, but others are open book. So you want to be thinking about that as you go along. How are you making your notes, not just for memorization, but also so that you can quickly go back to them in the course of a of a quite a short exam um, and look up things that you might need to do. So you're talking about tabbing near. It's so important that with your white book, which is the... Um, civil litigation book and that's the one that's open book that you are really um making it easy for yourself to flick through and look things up for the exam yeah I definitely do agree now Rosanna I don't know if you thought about this before the course but how can students who are due to start shortly best prepare for the bar course what tips would you give them well, the areas of law that you need to know are really limited to contract, tort and criminal law. So my advice to people, particularly if you haven't recently studied a law undergraduate degree or the GDL, is to refresh yourself in those areas of law. Personally, I bought a couple of revision books and I just read over those before I got started. I think it's really important um, just, to, just to get the basics down. But for example, you need to remind yourself of things like what are established duties of care? Because I remember that when I was once writing an opinion, I went through the Caparo test. I spent half the opinion talking about the Caparo test when really there was an established duty and I didn't need to do that at all. And for some reason in the year's gap, between my GDL and the bar course, that had completely gone from my mind. So I know that sounds silly, but those kinds of mistakes happen when, when you're not too familiar with the underlying law. So if you have time before the course starts, just to refresh yourself, um, my advice would be to maybe buy some revision books. That's what I did. And just go over those areas of law so that when you start the course, you can really focus on the application, which is what the bar course is all about. Yeah, absolutely agreed. I think what's worth mentioning on that point too, Rosanna, is, you know, simply don't throw away your notes. <laughs> I know I have many friends and stuff that were just so happy to be rid of the degree. It's just like, let me get rid of, of some of this stuff. I definitely won't say, you know, don't, don't throw away your notes because you may have already made very good notes on particular areas, like, for example, negligence and the duties of care and, and how to approach that. So really don't throw away your, your notes. The second point that I, I would mention would be approach the course with an open mind. And I know it sounds a bit cliche, but remember that you are actually about to embark on and learn new skills when I say this, I mean, don't beat up yourself uh, when you get, you know, your first bad mark or when you're in your first advocacy class or course. For example, you will be learning techniques on cross-examination, effective cross-examination, leading questions. Uh, you will be learning techniques on best practices, really, for examination in chief 
how to ask non-leading questions. And I mean, it sounds really simple now, but when you actually have a set of papers and you have to formulate those in front of your, your course mates, it's easy really to make to make a mistake. Please, please understand that you, you are now developing these skills. So just be as open-minded as, as possible. Uh, don't feel as though you are already on top of the world. <laughs> before you even embark on the bar course. It is a learning curve and I think you should be willing to experience it and, and embrace it in in true humble fashion. <laughs> oh, you definitely can't expect to be excellent at examination in, in, chief, in chief or all cross-examination right at the start. I mean, you might have a little bit of experience with civil advocacy if you've done mooting already, but those two are definitely a strange beast. And I remember feeling very... Um, overwhelmed at the beginning and I thought how on earth am I going to improve um, to the extent that I'm going to need to throughout the year um, but I would say that most universities I think will record your advocacy sessions so don't be embarrassed to watch back the recordings of you doing advocacy it's probably the last thing you're going to want to do when you come out of a session particularly if you feel like it didn't go very well but I think that your performance can often look very different when you are watching yourself back compared to how it feels when you're actually doing it so my advice would be to watch those before your next class and I think that can really accelerate your progress and before too long you are going to be absolutely great at formulating leading questions non-leading questions and, and separating the two so I think just staying calm as you say near at the beginning of the course if things are unfamiliar to you is really key it is true because I think as well, drafting, that's another skill that you have to be willing to, to embrace and, and really kind of develop precision, but still making sure that you've covered all your bases. It's, it's, it's a difficult skill to hone. And that's why I think one of the top tips would be to seize each opportunity to practice. Do not skip the practice sessions because they're optional. Your future self will thank you when it comes to the assessment if you have you seized those those practice sessions. I think the last point really for me would be I know many people would be frustrated to hear it, but rest, rest, rest before that bar course because I mean, it, it will be tiring. You will have some 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 long, long nights. I know I used to tell myself at least eight to 10 hours a day of, of work. And I think Rosanna, you'll agree. The standard is that you should be approaching it like it's a job, a nine to five, anything else. And I think you're shortchanging yourself. What do you think? I mean, I that's how I've approached my course. Um, I think that the bar course is a full-time job. If you are considering working alongside it um, particularly you know if it is a necessity that you do need to work I would really consider studying the bar course part-time I think that in order to dedicate the amount of time that will do yourself justice it, it can really help if you are not overwhelming yourself because there's so many things that are going to be going on in that year you are going to be focusing on improving your CV getting ready for pupillage applications potentially actually making those applications and sitting in interviews as well so I would say Sometimes pupillage can seem like the biggest thing, but I would say don't neglect your bar course. Treat it like a nine to five. And if you keep that 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 time, you know, nine to five, Monday to Friday for the bar course, that is probably everything that you will need to do really well on it. And then fit in the other things around the edge. Yeah, that's how I did it. I mean, was that your experience too, Nia? Yeah, definitely. That was my experience. And the thing about it is I didn't have the weekends off. I don't know 
if anyone else did I know I had one or two one one or two course mates that actually took the weekends off I couldn't <laughs> I found if I wanted to be on top of everything and be prepared in advance I usually work through work through the weekend so Sunday was definitely a working day for me did you find that was the same for you Rosanna kind of expected that though because I think something else that you want to do at the start of your course is sit down and figure out what it is you want to achieve in that year um, so I knew that I wanted to make my pupillage applications and that before I could do that there were things that I needed to do experiences I needed to gain so I knew that for example I had to improve my mooting skills and had to take part in several moots and those are very time consuming so I would say that you know if I was doing a moot in a week and I got the problem question on a Monday to do the moot on the following Monday, I would say that at least 12 hours would need to be dedicated to that one moot. And mooting wasn't the only thing I was doing on top of the bar course. So you can very easily see how, how your weekends can, can, can disappear. But you do have to keep things in perspective. I've said it's a, a short amount of time, but actually it's quite a long slog at the same time. And if you're not taking time off, then it can become overwhelming. And all of the intense period is right at the end. So you do need to pace yourself throughout the year and make sure that by the end, you do have that energy to do that revision at the same time as you're sitting pupillage interviews. Yeah, I think there's just one other thing I'd add there because you, you really made a, a, an important point. Get your CV reviewed at the beginning of the year. If you yourself can identify the gaps, most of the universities or the providers have excellent career advice departments. Use that and get them to review it and they will give you an objective uh, perspective and tell you what you need to highlight. And just as Rosanna said, you'd be able to sit down before the year and start planning because you'd know straight away, well, I need to moot. I also need to undertake in some, some pro bono work and you'd be able to start planning effectively. I think the only other thing I would add on that in terms of preparation would be if you could copy, get a copy of any of those textbooks that assist with the knowledge base modules, I'd say to get it. So for example, that's Gillian Woodworth text for civil because civil litigation can be a bit complex due to the jargon I'd say you know have read of that light reading it's very very light and uh, it would it would put you in good stead but just please do remember to check the syllabus when you do get in as that's that's what you really need now we've spoken about how intense this course is what did you do to maintain your mental health or your well-being because what we don't want to sound like is two workaholics <laughs> I know I mean well-being is so important and I I don't think I understood how important it was until I had that well until I just completed that year I won't lie like I, I don't think I did it as well as as well as I could have and I would do things differently now I think going back I didn't stop seeing my friends and that was really important for me I think we've also got to bear in mind that this was in the context of a pandemic so it was a lot harder to to have those chill that chill time where you go to the pub with your friends and you 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 chill out and you're completely taken out of your world but even if you are limited to doing something like a video call it is so important to just make time for yourself and and to see people that you love and and spend time with people that aren't lawyers perhaps and aren't going to just carry on talking about the bar course um, even though you're not studying. Uh, so I think that's 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 what I did. I don't think I, I had continued many activities and I must say when it comes around to 
filling in those pupillage forms and they have that activities and interests um, section I did feel like I was sort of dredging up things from pre-pandemic just trying to remember what I what I did when I had a life before the bar course but the year is tough and you will have to make some sacrifices but as we've said you have to pace yourself and you need to make sure that you're taking time whether that is just you know carving out time for love island um something like that just something where you're just taking yourself completely out of law and you're just you know being silly or just you know switching off your mind it's so important agreed i definitely took time out to watch my favorite series talk to friends and family as well even if that was online and of course listen to music and that was music back at home Caribbean genres um, because that would that would always excite me and, and put me in, in a good mood so I think trying to to balance those things and, and carve out time to really rejuvenate or recreational time is is key if you also want to succeed now, Rosanna, did you do anything else on the course? Were there any uh, extracurricular activities that you you did uh, take up? Yeah, so I, I did mooting. I entered a few internal competitions. I think, as we've already said, you know, strategically approaching your CV and figuring out what it is you need to do to make those improvements ready for applications. I knew that mooting was something that I needed to do and I knew that I was relatively new to mooting. So for me, I, do, I avoided the big external competitions and focused on slightly more manageable internal university moots. I also um, had to do my qualifying sessions, of course. You have to do 10 of those throughout the year with your in. So you need to make sure that you are planning that ahead of time, making sure you have those 10 so that you can get called when you want to. Uh, and I was also the University of Law London rep for um, the Association of Grades and Students. I do recommend that you get involved with your in as much as possible. It's a really great way to meet people from different providers. And it also gave me an opportunity to do some CV building activities. So one of the things that we've done earlier this year was to create a series of Explore the Bar webinars um, where barristers uh, talked about their area of law and students had an opportunity to ask questions. And that was something that I organised and Nia also um, was involved with that. Yeah, I did the Explore the Bar Public Law and Human Rights. That was great. I think that was a great initiative. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, just go on the Grey's Inn YouTube channel. You'd find it there. It was well executed. So good job, Rosanna, on that one. <laughs> In terms of the other activities that I I undertook, I'm the publicity officer. So you do hear my, my voice when... I'm hosting the Raising the Bar podcast, so it was always finding time uh, to assist the inn with getting those podcasts up and running. Additionally, as a publicity officer, it was also managing our social media presence, which does take a couple hours at least in the weekend if I'm planning for tweets and other posts, but I always thought it was quite fun. As Rosanna mentioned I also had to undertake qualifying sessions, so planning again to, uh, to to slot that in. And obviously my pro bono via the LLM, that was just riding alongside the bar course, <laughs> uh, going hand in hand. So I needed to know when I had 
cases. I needed to know when I had client meetings uh, and when I had to draft letters of advice as well or attend a tribunal hearing. So all of that had to be planned because obviously it's, it's, it's not just my life, but I am assisting and representing the interests of someone else. So my time had to be effectively and um, efficiently planned. And ultimately, throughout the year, I was producing, hosting and editing videos for my YouTube channel. So I do think we were quite busy bees throughout the year, Rosanna. <laughs> we certainly were, um, which is probably why it sounds like we had no life. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm trying to figure out if it's sounding a bit sad. <laughs> but surely we now have a little bit of time to relax and our hard work has paid off. So that's a good thing. It certainly is. And I think that, you know, you have to remember it is just one year of your life. And if you do well in this year and you get everything done that you that you want to get done, you're going to thank yourself for it at the end. Yes. And I do agree before we close, get involved with your in. Although it was a pandemic, uh, it was it was a, pl a pleasure and a privilege to be on the Association of Grazing Students Committee, interacting with lovely people like yourself, Rosanna, and the <laughs> rest of the committee. And hopefully we'll see everyone else at, at our first in-person event. Rosanna, it was a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Nia. Thanks for listening to the Raising the Bar podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review. And for more information, check us out on Twitter at RaisingTheBarGI.